What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We have the good pleasure this week of talking to an absolute titan in the space of mental performance, George Mumford. George has been called Phil Jackson's secret weapon. He brought him in in the past to help athletes like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, absolute legends, literally, elevate their mental game. And it's almost funny to think, just knowing the careers that both those guys had, they ever needed to even do that. He's also the author of a fantastic book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The Mindful Athlete, Secrets to Pure Performance. And he has worked with athletes and individuals all over the world to help them improve their performance, but also uh, just improve their quality of life. And today's show is no exception. He's fantastic to talk to, so motivating. And for anyone who has ever had or is about to get encounter some adversity in their life, this is a must listen. We have a great conversation about how do you get into flow states? How do you continue to push the boundaries of your own performance? Honestly, you know, again, I, I do say this often, but but man, this this is one of my favorite conversations. And I will no doubt go back and, and listen to it again myself. So with that said, if you're enjoying the show, thank you to all those who reach out. Please do leave us a rating and review wherever it is you listen. And if you would like to support the show, go on to Patreon. We got a link in the show notes where you can contribute and get some perks. And we're building out a community there, which is a lot of fun. So without further ado, folks. Oh, pause right there. We, I've been meaning to mention this. We are now releasing the show on Thursdays. So if you've been logging in on Tuesday morning, you're like, hey, where the hell is this thing? <laughs> just due to my own schedule, it just makes a lot more sense if we get these things out Thursday morning. So I appreciate uh, your flexibility with the change. Okay. With that said, let's get to the show. Here we go. Please welcome George Mumford. Where we're going up. George, welcome to the show. Really excited to speak with you today. Uh, welcome. Um, the welcome is welcomed. Mr. <laughs> Ken, appreciate you. Or KG, you're another KG. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Kenny uh, Kenny G made growing up a little tough. Oh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of good KGs well, out you're there. Look, you're lucky you don't have a name like George, so you don't have to hear the Georgie Porgy putting in pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, George, I, I, we were just catching up. Um, I just went back and, and listened to your book again and uh, just so thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's funny, it's it, oftentimes selfishly, a lot of these conversations that I get to have, yeah. they seem to catch me at a time in life when I really kind of need it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it was part just like getting prepared, but also part just like, oh man, like, yeah, that's such a great perspective. Like, oh man, that's so important to remember. God, I got to start implementing that into my own routine. Um, but you, you were just telling me something really interesting and I know I'm jumping way ahead here, but I just thought it was so powerful. Um, that you yourself still still go back and revisit your book. Yes, I, I've read it over 50 times and I go back. I do this with a lot of books, uh, but I do it with my own. I go back, especially when I'm going to work with a new client or I'm going to, we have the online course, the Mindful Athlete online course. And twice a year we have the study groups, six-week study groups. And yeah. so each time we go through that twice a year, 
those are occasions where I'll read my book again. I'll go yeah. through like when we're working on mindfulness, I'll read the chapter on mindfulness. We go through trust, I'll read the chapter on trust. And vis-a-vis -vis with concentration, with insight and, and diligence or effort. So I just read read through through them and it's powerful. And I because each time I read it, I get something different. Or I see it right. different because I'm different. Everything else is different. Things are always changing. So we have this idea of of stability or status, you know, uh, you know, that we're either going, we can stay the same. We're either moving backwards or forward, forwards. Mm. And what happens is because, because things change, I change, conditions change. When you look at it, it's going to, it, it, you might detect it, that, so, that something's different. You'll pick up something. Like you just said, depends on, people don't realize when we look at things, it depends on, uh, habitual way or our tendencies, our mental tendencies, habits. And the other thing is our, uh, the the quality of mind that we're in. Hmm. So those things have an impact. So it, it, you're not in the same quality of mind. It's like you can't step in the same river. You know, you step in and it's a different river. It's the same thing with us. Hmm. Everything is changing, but we have this ability to create this illusion where we keep seeing the same things the same way and not realizing yeah. that everything is changing. And so when you read it, you're going to get something else because you're different. Yeah. No. And, you know, it, it's it's funny. It, it makes me think like, oh, man, there's so many good books that I should go back and read again. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if I read it at 22, I'm a completely different version of That's myself right. here at 35, right. married, three kids. Yes. Full catastrophe. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> We are, we are knee deep. Uh, my kids, my kids are amazing, but yeah, things, yeah, things no, that's, pretty yeah. busy over here. I still that from over the Greek, you know. Oh, okay. He says, and my friend John Capuzin wrote a book called "Full Catastrophe Living." That's when he introduced mindfulness-based stress reduction to the world, and oh. uh, and he got it from the line in over the Greek when he says, "You know, are you marry." He said, "Yeah, married kids, full catastrophe." <laughs> I love so it. So it's good. Yeah, uh, it, completely, it's, completely accurate. Also, yeah, but it, it, but it's a joyful, right? Catastrophe, right? Because that's what it is. That's what life is about. Hmm. Well, and, and you know, something that um, I would love to introduce to the listeners. Um, people might be familiar uh, with your work, and I mean, you, you know, you've you've made an impact for so many. Uh, unbelievably talented, high-profile individuals, you know, names like Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson, Kobe Bryant. Um, but something that I, I really thoroughly enjoyed about your book is your willingness to be open about kind of like your own journey yes. uh, to becoming who you are today, yes. right? And, and um, you know, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I was like, I just felt like that was so important. Because so many people are struggling with, you know, whatever it is in their own personal life, and when you see someone who has attained some level of success, it, you often don't realize like what they might have gone through to go there. And in understanding yes. that, that that in itself could be inspiring. So if you don't mind, I, I would love for you to share a little bit of your background with the listeners. Yes. Oh, how, where do I start? Let's just say, where does, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's just say, so uh, today is the July 18th, uh, July 8th. And 22 days, 22 days, I'll be celebrating 38 years of sobriety. Oh, amazing. Yes. And, and the road there, it's just a little, it's not a straight line. It's, it's all over the place. But uh, I, I was, I was born one of 13, but I was very quiet, introverted. And hmm. I played sports and sports was an outlet for my expression. 
because I didn't say much. I just let my action do the talking for myself. And so when I got injured in college, uh, I would have been a walk on my sophomore year. <clears throat> I got injured in, and before that, growing up now, and I think about it, I've had a lot of uh, stress growing up in my family. So I had GI problems and I was injury prone. So I was always on uh, medication. And I noticed mm. when I had the medication, I was able to be um, get out of myself. And, and it was a different, you know, it altered my consciousness. And so I got addicted to pain meds, then the illegal drugs. And I was a functional uh, substance abuser. So I still worked in everything and what I did, but it cut me off from from some of my friends. Like I roomed with Dr. J and and uh, Al Skinner and Rick Pitino, all of us were at UMass at once. But I, I shielded myself from them because I had that double life. I was doing a drugs and alcohol, so I didn't want that to come, you know, to, to, be, to taint my relationships. So I pretty much cut off a lot of those relationships for a lot of years. And mm -hmm. while I was actively engaged in that, and then at one point um, I got tired of being sick and sick and tired and and I yeah. got, got clean. I went to AA meeting on April Fool's Day. Who does that? And then I got clean. And then three months later, I was in a de 21 day detox. And when I came out, it was totally different. So uh, I was uh, one of the, I forget her name, but uh, she's the new coach at Duke. And she had a, she had a, she did something on, on Twitter and talked about talking to her team about, how nothing's going to be easy. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be a struggle. You know, it's going to be difficult. Mm. And it reminded me of several years ago, I was working with a volleyball team and they kept expressing this desire to, to go to softer, a softer, easier way. And, and my, uh, one of my Georgisms or something that just comes out of the silence. Uh, I said, no struggle, no swag. <laughs> mm, so, I love it. So that's my life. And so I got swag. Yeah, I got swag, but I earned it. <laughs> you got to earn that swag. You don't, nobody just says you have it or you, you don't get it from, you don't get it from your parents or, or whatever. We're all programmed. We all have a masterpiece inside. So we all, we're all programmed for success, but only you can access it. it has to, it's an inside job. It's an inner game. You have to make a choice. And so for me, I call it the AOF method of motivation you read in my book, which really mm. means ass on fire. So when you're desperate, desperation is a gift. So when you say, okay, everything I've done doesn't work, so I'm open and willing to try something else. And so yeah. coming full circle, the only the best way to keep something is give it away. And the hmm. best way to learn something is to teach it. So for me sharing hmm. my story, what else could it be? Authenticity, being sincere. This is where I came from. This is, this is, this, that wasn't a curse. That was a blessing. And yeah. that's a, that's a choice. That, right. That's the first thing that came to my mind when you just said that. I was like, that is very much a matter of perspective. Cause there's a lot of people who, you know, would, would, would just as easily say like, oh, well, poor me. Yeah. Um, victim of my circumstance or, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's because of, you know, I went through this. Or what I call the B and D, hmm. you know, the B and D is. No. Blame and denial. Ah. So without the with the B and D, you don't take personal responsibility. You don't say I am responsible. Period. I'm not responsible for what happened to me, but I am responsible with how I respond or react to it. 
And yeah. that's the thing. And so when we can understand that when there's no space between stimulus and response, we react and we can say the devil made me do it or, you know, it wasn't the right time or I'm not tall enough, I'm not fast enough, whatever, instead of creating space between stimulus and response. And in that space, I choose freedom. I have the freedom mm. and power to choose. And that's a choice to say, okay, the glass is half empty or half full. Both are right. But if I look at it as half empty, I'm coming from survival mode. And if I look at it as half full, I'm coming from growth mode or fear and love. And hmm. you got to be in love because on a cellular level, uh, each cell is either in survival mode or growth mode. You can't be in both. Yeah. So when you're in survival mode, all you got to notice is I'm in survival mode. Survival mode says, yeah, I had drugs and oh boy, it's me. And growth mode is, okay, there's a lesson here. There's an opportunity mm. here. And how can I relate to it in a way that empowers me, uh, motivates me, inspires me yeah. to, to say, okay, this is this is not a roadblock. This is a stepping stone. And so that's a whole, mm. that's the perspective. That's getting into the growth mindset or coming from love. Love, when you love something, you make it grow. Yeah. You care for it. And love and understanding, there's, there's, there's a lot of, you know, they could be one and the same. If you want to, if you love somebody, or if you love something, you seek to make it grow. You seek to understand it, seek to, hmm. to nurture it, and so yeah. So does that make sense? That does. And and one of the things that I, I really enjoyed um, listening to the book back was, and I think you just said as much. It's like um, you know, maybe maybe I'm not saying it the correct way, but like growth can come from desperation. Um, yes. And, and it just that just kind of like really hit me and I started reflecting back, you know, like there, there's a bunch of individuals or historical figures that I love to learn about. Um, and it almost feels like there's at least been some like extreme adversity that they've had to overcome yes. that preceded them having this, you know, like historical greatness yes. uh, that came afterwards. Right. I mean, like, like real, real lows, depths, mm -hmm. challenges. Um, and I've just always thought like, Oh man, that's so interesting. And it's funny, you know, like in my personal life right now, like going through a little bit of adversity myself and reading this was just kind of like, oh man, like, no, this is like an opportunity. Like I, yeah. I you know, I, I didn't, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. Um, and I, I surely would have avoided it. However, it's like, okay, like, you know, what, what would someone who, uh, is, you know, a, a great individual, like how would they respond to this? Yes. And, and, you know, reading your book when I said like, oh man, this kind of found me at the right time. Um, so yeah, it, it makes complete sense to me. And I think in a way it's, it's very, um, inspiring and motivating, right. Yeah. To hear that, like, Hey, look, like something that is a real challenge or hurdle can actually be setting you up for like really substantial growth. And you don't know where that growth is going to take you in the future. Yes. Hans Selye, who wrote the book, the stress of life. Hmm. He talks about the idea of when we are challenged then our latent abilities are, are able to express themselves. And so it's, it's, it's in the baptism of the fire, if you will, hmm. that, that there's an occasion for us to meet the challenge. And for that greatness, that masterpiece within, I call it, some people call it, call it Christ consciousness or Buddha nature or the, or the divine spark, you could call it whatever. Hmm. Or you can just look at it as creative energy. There's a creativity that comes out of it, adversity, where you look at it from that love perspective and say, what's the lesson? Where's the opportunity here? 
And that's a mm. totally different psychology. And it changes everything. It changes your ability to feel what we call strong self-efficacy belief or resilience. That this is what there's a whole, you know, positive psychology with uh, Martin Seligman, and he talks about interpretive styles. So you interpret things. Something happens, and then we choose how we interpret what it means. We give meaning to everything we have. We're the ones that give meaning to it. It doesn't have meaning in and of itself. It's our interpretation mm. or our view of it. And so once we get that, once we get that we are co-creators and we get to choose if we want to be a victim or not a victim, yeah, that that's really powerful. And just by making that choice, just having one little modicum of control, we're saying, okay, something's happening to me, and then I can choose how we, a response to it. Nelson Mandela said that uh, um, they uh, they have my freedom, but I'm not going to give them my mind. When he was in jail for 30 years or whatever, and he mm. said that having uh, resentment, he didn't have any resentment. He said having resentment. It's like me drinking poison and thinking it's going to affect the other person. Hmm. That's a good one, right? That is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and as a recovering uh, person, a person in recovery, uh, I can't afford resentments. I can't afford to be in fear, doubt, and insecurity because we know those choices lead to more suffering or more ignorance and more hmm. discomfort. Whereas, embracing it and saying yes to it then there's an opportunity for my for my for that divine spark for that creative energy to flow yeah you know it's funny um i i can't remember where i read this but it also just reminded me of and i'm gonna butcher this but it's basically like a a seed can't grow without cracking the shell yes this is true right yeah, maybe maybe someone listening is like, that's not how that saying goes. But uh, it, it's that same concept. It's like, man, it's like sometimes to like realize your full potential, you need, um, you know, a real motivator. Yes. And sometimes that motivator can be a real negative uh, consequence or experience. Um, yes, if we think what, about one of the greatest basketball players of all time, got cutting it from his high school team, would that tell hmm. you something? Right. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that just, you know, I mean, I, I look, I've watched every Michael Jordan documentary. I think there is no demand. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like one of those like stories. And I remember being motivated by that as a kid. It's like, you know, you just hear like his response to that, the tireless work ethic, the time and dedication and ultimately who he became. Um, again, again, another perfect example, right? It's like, it wasn't just a clear path to him from age 10 where everyone identified he was going to be the greatest of all time. Um, there was response to like, you know, someone telling him like, Hey, you're not gonna be able to play. Yes. And, and, <laughs> and, and true MJ fashion several years ago, I think coming up to this month or next month when they have the induction in the hall of fame, he had the coach that cut him, uh, at the hall of fame and said, dude, you made a mistake. <laughs> 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 you know, and you say, well, dude, you know, you've done all this and you bring the guy in and say that. But that's MJ, and he said that, and he smiled at him. But I also hear part of the story was, this is what I heard, I I thought I heard this, that when he got cut, the guys, the person cut him, or somebody said, okay, so we're going to work out every morning. And so he Mm. got busy. So his response to that was, okay, I'm going to get better. And so he did get better, and I think he grew like four or five inches. That kind of helped. But it wasn't so much the inches, because you could see it's the heart. 
is the inner mm. part of the person that, that that expresses that creative energy. And that's the thing. We all can say that. Do we have situations in our lives now where we can look at it and make a choice that is affirmative? That mm. says yes to life yeah. and, and, and goes from there. Victor Frankl, <laughs> he was in, he, not only was he a Holocaust survivor, but he wrote uh, Man's Search for Meaning once when he was captured. They had it in the lining of his coat. And when they go into these concentration camps, they take all your stuff away from you. So he lost the book and he had to rewrite it. And that rewriting of the book might have caused him to live. Wow. So he, I've never heard that. Yeah. So that's it. So there's all these stories we never heard, heard of where or we may not have heard of that people struggle or you have to raise on Dantra. You have to find a reason for being. And it's not something where there's mm. this can version of, okay, this is who you, this is your life. You have to go inside and seek, you know, why am I here? And, and how can I be my best, best version of myself and how can I serve? So you can, you can find meaning. This is what Victor Frankl says. You can find meaning through a, a work of art or doing a deed from encountering someone or experiencing something. And that's love really. And then the third thing is, the, to make a choice towards unavoidable suffering. Hmm. So that you're, you, you are suffering, you're dying of cancer, and you say, okay, I'm dying, but I'm going to live fully until my last breath. So yeah. it's have taken a stand, it's choosing a response to unavoidable suffering. And he says hmm. when you find meaning in suffering, it ceases to be suffering. Hmm. Right now, I just wow. threw a lot of existential stuff at you, but it just came off that way. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's incredible, right? Um, and, and maybe this is even a good segue, but it, it just shows uh, the importance of having a purpose and just how powerful the mind and the perspective you choose to take uh, is ultimately on, like, you know, you being able to help determine your outcome. Yes, and we have this imagination. We have this ability to imagine and look beyond our current situation and that imagination is more important than knowledge. I believe that's a quote from Einstein, hmm. but imagination, we have that we, we can imagine that's what makes us different. We can, we can envision, we can, and then if we use the imagination in the proper perspective uh, in terms of what we can do, what we can accomplish, how we can serve, it's a, it's a very powerful tool. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we've talked a lot about, mindset, I, I would say, um, you know, but, but the, you're, you're known for mindfulness, yes. uh, for, for, you know, incorrect or, or otherwise, um, how does like a mindset like this, um, work hand in hand with like the concept or approach of, of mindfulness and maybe even to answer that question, you could talk about like how, how you define mindfulness. Cause I think some people's minds might go to, uh, you know, a strict meditative practice, right? Some people's might go to just, you know, trying to be more aware of what's happening around you. H how do you define mindfulness? Mindfulness is, is mirror mind. It's just being able to see things in ways where you allow whatever you're observing to speak in its own language. Hmm. So even though you may encounter the thing multiple times, can you see it with fresh eyes, with new eyes? Can you see it as if you're seeing it for the first time? And so mindfulness, so this, this mindfulness, I was just listening to this book, uh, the, the Talent Code, 
uh, I've been listening to oh, for yeah. the last month or so. I keep meditating on it. And he talks about, I forget Gunter, I forget the guy's name, but this guy at the turn of the century was an amazing bank robber. They used to bank rob banks at night. And then when they got hip to that, then he, he would case in place and then he have different roles. So he had, he had, he made, the, he made effort. He was mindful and he was concentrated. Mm. And he was very good at robbing banks, but that's not right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. That has to come out of wellness or well-being or coming out of love, not coming out of fear or greed. And mm. so a lot of people have this idea that mindfulness is, is by itself is, is enough. That's why I talk about the five superpowers. You have to right. be mindful, but when you make effort, it has to be balanced with concentration. And when you have faith or trust, you have to, it has to be balanced with insight or wisdom. And if you have too much wisdom and not enough faith, you become cynical. If you have too much faith and not enough wisdom, you become polyandrous. So you have to balance that. So mindfulness allows us to balance that. Just like if you're trying too hard, like Sisyphus, pushing a rock up the hill and you don't have poise or steadiness of mind or concentration or focus, then it becomes frenetic. But if you have too much concentration or too much poise, then you become lethargic. So mindfulness helps develop those qualities as well. It, it helps us to, mm. to, you know, to develop them. And so if you look at it just from that point of view, mindfulness by itself is not enough. You can be mindful, but you have to have the wisdom component coming from love, right? If we just say it that way, and you have to make the right effort, and the effort has to be steady and continuous, but balanced, right? Not too mm. frenetic, not too low. You got to find that right. Like guitar, you got to have that guitar violin string at the right pitch, so it's not 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 too loose, not too tight, not too taut. So, so if you look mm. at it that way, and so when I look at mindfulness, mindfulness, right mindfulness, has to do with this idea of of uh, of love or constructing, creating, include, being inclusive, it's, it's a way of being which is conducive to peace and wholeness and compassion and love, but also productivity. So love is productive. It's, it's something that when you love something, you make it grow instead of tearing something down or, or, or restricting the growth or the flow of life. Does that make sense? So I got a little technical there. So even though I do no. mindfulness, I'm I'm I, I'm known as performance whisperer, but it's really more about performance. It's just being able to do what you intend to do. It's really that simple. But not just doing it, but doing it in a way that excites you and make and you know you're enthusiastic about. But it's powerful, and and you're getting probably more than you had hoped for because you know you're not limiting yourself you're just fully engaged and fully deployed in the moment that's pretty much it mm. and, and fully self-expressed expressing yourself bruce new lee one of my heroes he said um that martial arts is to honestly express yourself so we're talking about that masterpiece within we're talking about that spirit that uh that divine spark that expresses itself in a way where I and the other one gets beyond the illusion of separateness. And we're talking about love. We're talking about how can we rise all boats. It's that kind of energy that yeah. is inclusive, but it's love. I don't know how else to say it. As, as the Beatles said, all you need is love. 
So, well, and, 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 you know, I think that all makes sense. Um, I think my next question would be, so, so understanding, you know, that that's what mindfulness is, where do you even begin when you start working with, uh, you know, some of these like high performers, whether it be athletes, people in business, Yes, where where do you even begin? Yes. You begin with where you are. (laughs) You begin with the moment, with the now, but it's really talking about what I begin with. What do you want? And sometimes mm. we don't know what we want. And so I usually begin with, what do you want? But then the second part of that question is, who do you need to be to do what you want to do? So let's just take love. So if you want love, then you got to be loving. Hmm. If you want peace, you got to be peaceful. got to be peace. If you want yeah. understanding, you have to be understanding. If you want forgiveness, you got to be forgiving. So it's understanding that, but it really comes down to you know, it's interesting. It was two podcasts I was on and they asked me th- three, three things that I know. And I answered in the same way. And I didn't know I answered in the same way until I reflected on it and realized I said the same thing. I said, the only time is now. The only mm. person I can be is me and be yourself. And the only thing you need is love. Hmm. So that's the, sim- that's the simplicity of it. So who you are is an inside job. Right. And but the now it doesn't matter who you are. The only time we have is now the power of now. And the only time you can make a change, the only time you can be is now. Now we could think about the past or the future and the now. But if we're thinking about the past and the future, we're not here. So, yes, we have to project forward and we have to learn from our mistakes. But ultimately, all of that happens in the now. So if you manage the moment, everything else is going to be fine. So when I talk to athletes and performers about being in the zone or being in flow, being in the flow of life, I would say, or being spontaneous. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, being spontaneous. You know, and you're doing it uh, for no reason. You're just doing it in and of itself when you're in the moment and you're fully engaged, fully deployed, fully present. That has so much power in it, so much um, joy, I would say, and yeah. so so much of this feeling fully alive. That's that's what it's all about. So when I talk to the athletes about being in flow, they get it. But we all can be in flow. And Chick sent me high, the father of flow. We consider he had this exampling sampling method ESM, where he would. This is how old this is. He would. He would page people and they would stop and write about their experience and how they're feeling and whatnot. And he discovered that most people are in flow a lot or, or sometimes in their lives, but they don't know it because they're not, they don't know how to recognize it. And, I, and once you recognize it, this is what mindfulness helps us with is once you know, okay, this is really good. I love this. Then you ask the how to question and then yeah. you seek to understand what are the conditions in which that arises spontaneously or it rises as a consequence of the conditions. And mm-hmm. so that's it. So you have to understand that. So when I start talking about performing at a high level and even someone like an MJ, be able to say to MJ, yeah, you're, you're operating at a really high level, but there's another level. Mm-hmm. Then there's another level. It's, it's unlimited what we can do if we're willing to just keep getting out of our comfort zone, to get comfortable being uncomfortable and continue to get into that, state where we're on the edges of our potential and we're just pushing, we're moving 
we're flowing through it, we're easing through it, not pushing through it, but easing through it or letting the flow of life just flow. It's like push lead, be like water. You know, we go with the current. And then when you get to yeah. where you need, you need to go over, but you have to understand all those conditions, and especially the internal conditions, hmm. the inner game, how you're seeing things, how you're thinking, how you're feeling, what you're, what choices you're making, what goals are you setting, what do you understand to be the purpose of your life? Hmm. And that, that's an evolving thing. And sometimes instead of saying, why am I here? Or the purpose of my life, a lot of times it's just how, how can you serve? How can you help someone? Or do what you know to do. And then the next that will be given to you. So if you know you want to be loving, then then you have to be loved. And so it doesn't matter work, love, or play. You have an opportunity to express that, to be that. Yeah. Well, and and uh, as I was thinking through this, right, because on the one hand, it's like, okay, mindfulness at, at face value sounds great for someone who maybe is like a professional golfer, right? Because I think mindfulness for a lot of people stirs up images of like calm, serenity, but when you think about maybe someone in the NFL, you're like, boy, I don't know if that translates to performance. But what you just said, it, it's about like flow. Yeah, and, and like, it's like, and it's time when you got to meet the intensity of the other person. And so, do you do bat bun heads, or do you do tai chi and qigong, or, or 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 you know aikido, and just redirect the energy? Hmm. So it's it. So people have this idea of relaxes like this. You can be relaxed and alert, okay. and on purpose. Yeah. So you understand what I'm saying? So you can do it and you can do it. People use the word force. When you use force, you have to keep pushing and you have to, you know, it's not sustainable. You have to keep generating more force. But when you have power, it flows. Hmm. It flows. It just goes because you're in alignment. And when there's alignment, it just flows. You don't have to do anything. It's happening by itself. It's happening because you've gotten out of way and you allow it. And when you see people talk about being in the zone of flow, first thing they say is, I'm not there. There's no self-consciousness. And I, and the activity is, is just blending. Like when I use it in my book, when um, David Carradine's character in, in Kung Fu, Kwai Shai came, is, is saying, you know, you know, I just, you know, I'm not, it just happens. You know, I will bow and it happens. It hits the bullseye without trying to hit the bullseye. And the guy says, you think I'm not believing that. Then he closes his eyes and he, he's able to do it. And that's it. You intend and then you allow. You intend mm. and you allow. So it's a way of, of being that's really powerful, but it's contrary to how we think things. We think that you have to work hard and you have to be angry or you have to be forceful and that force right. doesn't work. And you can see in our government and other other things, when people use force, you got to keep generating more force. And no one wants to be forced to do anything. It's, it's intrusive and it's not caring. And mm. so to be able to have people make the choice on their own and be, you know, and, and to be self-reliant or to have their own mind and thoughts. And that's unfortunately not what's happening. People are allowing other people to tell them how to be or what to think. And, you, and people will do that. They'll tell you who you, they think you should be or who you ought to be. And the real challenge for us is for us to make the choice and not let somebody choose for us because we can only be ourselves. And that's an inside job. And I'm yeah. not saying we all have to be a certain way or another. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that we have to just 
you know, know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's really simple. Hmm. And that's, that's just well, embracing and, and it you, and saying whatever's happening is happening because the conditions are right for whatever is happening to be happening. And our job is to say yes to it, to embrace it and generate the hope and ask the question, okay, how do I relate to this, to this situation authentically hmm. based on my own values and based on my, my, uh, my inner wisdom? Or if I say I want to be loving and the situation happens, am I going to be hating or am I going to be loving? And can I be loving and still be firm and say no? Or be firm and say, I'm not, that's not, a, that's not what I want. So yeah. people get this all or nothing instead of seeing, it's not black and white, there's gray areas, there's, ra- there's gradient, gradations of things and life is complicated. It's, it's not so simplistic. We try to make it simple, but it's complicated. Like people are complicated. I don't know if you noticed that. And there's complexity. I've noticed. So, so it's this VUCA thing that the military talks about. Things uh, VUCA, V-U-C-A, from moment to moment, there's VUCA. Hmm. What is VUCA? Things are volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Huh. So we have to embrace that. that. And it's through the ambiguity. It's through the uncertainty. It's through the volatility or the chaos that we find the light. So chaos is just another word for not knowing the pattern that's involved in it. We see it as chaos because we don't understand it. Hmm. Man, I have so many questions for you. And I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on time here. So Yeah, because I'm kind of flowing today, man. Oh, it's fantastic. No, it's it's so good. Um, well, can, can, we, can we do, I have two questions yes. and I'll let you choose how you want to answer them. Um, you mentioned one thing that I thought was really interesting is that some, some people don't necessarily understand, uh, when they're in a flow state. So I think like a lot of athletes can relate to some moment in their playing career where they, they felt in the zone. Right. Um, but I would love to hear kind of like how you define a flow state. But the, the second thing that I would love to know, and one of the kind of visuals that, that stayed with me from your book is talking about Kobe on the bench in the finals. Mm-hmm. And I think like Chris Rock and David Spade were trying to get in his head. Um, and you could see that he was doing something to just get himself so focused and in the moment that he was just kind of a, maybe oblivious is not the right word, but he was not giving what was happening around him any credence to affect his mindset. And then I think there was a similar example for LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would kind of love to know, you know, like how, how, what is flow state for people who are listening and maybe they're like, man, I just, I don't really know if I've ever been in that. Um, and then two, like you've worked with so many amazing folks, like, are there some, some interesting, consistent traits for people who are elite performers and and are those things that were innate or are they things that folks could kind of develop? Yes. So those are conditions. So mindfulness makes you flow ready. Ah, so it's, what you're really trying to do is you're trying to, uh, and it's interesting because we have this, what they call implicit learning or non-declarative learning, that we learn more unconsciously than we do consciously. Hmm. So when you're in a flow state, your, your challenges are high, and this is a graph, and your skills, knowledge, and experience are high. So it's when your knowledge and skills are high and you're at that place where you're a little bit out of your comfort zone, whatever, so you get into a high state of arousal, so you're more alert and everything. But if you can keep the, the steadiness, when I talk about, you know, making the effort, but, you know, slows, here's the thing, 
Slow is smooth, and mm-hmm. smooth is fast. That's that's a flow state. So you Love start that. off slow, and you're just doing the next thing, and you're in the moment, and then you, as uh, George Bush Senior would call it, you you get the big mo, hmm. and the big mo is momentum. So yeah. one plus one equals two, but then it equals six. At some point, it just jumps exponentially. So it's like you're in the in the uh, on a waterway, you're in the river, and you're going to and fro, and then you notice you catch a current, and you just let the current carry you. That's a flow state. And so my first flow state that I'm conscious of was when I was a young guy. I don't know if I was eight, nine, or ten or whatever. We were playing electric football at a friend's house, and it was just magical. It's like we were going and we were putting these little things and they vibrate. And I, I lost, I lost, you know, the, the time and everything. And I think for a lot of my years, even when my younger brothers were younger, I kept buying that, that electric football game for the Christmas present because I wanted to experience that experience again. So I think right. we all have it. So I've had it with that. I have it a lot now and in life, even when we're on this call, I have, I have that idea of just, just allowing, just being mindful and just following whatever the pattern or the current is. And it's an unconscious thing. It's not something that I'm consciously trying to do because if you consciously try to get in the flow, you won't. But there's conditions that you can create, like you can keep challenging yourself. I talk about it in my book. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And there's a whole, actually, Dr. Uh, Herbert Benson talks about struggle. You know, you struggle with something. There's a word struggle again. And then you let it go and you're walking and you and you release, you you surrender it. And then you have a flow state. Then you're in the flow state and then you have a new normal. So he has a very, okay, he says you struggle with something, but then once you let go or you give it to God or you just, you know, set it aside, that's when the answer comes. And so there's this idea of, and Alan Watts started it. Well, the first time I heard it, he said to ask the question is to know the answer. So the question and the answer are two sides of the coin. So if you can look in the same place, and sometimes we try too hard, which most of us do, or not try hard enough, and then once we stop trying, then it happens. Case in point here, I've been trying to write a book for 20 years. And once I stopped trying to write the book, it wrote itself. Hmm. That's a good one, huh? That is a so good one. That, so you can have a flow state uh, in many ways, but you got to look at it. But there's conditions like the, you disappear. There's no self-consciousness. There's an effortlessness and there's an ease. And there's this magical quality of like you're being carried. And it's an amazing experience. You see things, there's premonition. You see things before they happen. You're on a different level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But really what it is, it's just being spontaneous. It means you're going into mm. a situation with no, no intention you might have a purpose and you say, okay, this is like, okay, I want to go to Mount Olympus. And someone asked Socrates, how do you get to Mount Olympus? And he said, just take one step in at a time in that direction. Or as hmm. Emerson says, do the thing and you will have the power. And the Bible says, do what you know to do and the next step will be given to you. These are all things slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So it's really a matter of you just being fully engaged in the moment without focusing on the results, but just doing the thing in and of itself. This is what Chick sent me high calls 
the autotelic personality or style, which means you do it in and of the doing the thing in and of itself for no reason other than to be fully engaged, fully expressed in the moment. Hmm. Yeah, I'm reflecting back on um, I, I played college football and towards the end of uh, what was basically my senior year, um, I had two games where I, I just completely there was a lot of craziness in my life at that point yeah. happening around me at that time. Um, but I, I, I can almost definitively on the first game remember like when I got into like a flow state mm-hmm. and I just remember so vividly how much everything slowed down. That's right. And then just how easy everything became um, where I, you know, the contrast to that is I can remember other games a mile a minute, everything is happening too fast, especially, you know, when you just jump up to a new level, um, just chaotic and you don't know how to move within it, but then just, you know, the dichotomy of how it felt being in the zone, um, that, what did you say? Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. I mean, that just like, yes. And and that completely. Yes. Think about a non-digital clock. A non-digital clock is right twice a day. Hmm. So we're going to fall into the flow state. When you think I had, I had a, a weekend one time I was playing basketball where I was playing at an extended level, or it wasn't just playing at a high level, but it was so enjoyable every moment. I wasn't worried about how I was doing it, stuff like that. Mm. So, so people have glimpses of it, but then we just go to the next thing because the mind can change and focus on what we don't. That's why a lot of times, that's why he had that, um, Chick sent me, I had that system where he, he forced, you know, he didn't force, but he gave people the opportunity by text, you know, by uh, paging them to just think about what they're doing and how, how it, amazing it is. And then he start to understand. So my job is to help people understand these are the conditions in which the flow state arise. And, and I think they have the flow genome. And it's something like you got to be, you got to experience anxiety up to about 4%. So you don't have to, you know, you got to keep moving out of your comfort zone, but you don't have to do it forcefully. You can do it in a gradual way. So 1%, 2%, 3%, when you get to 4%, they said it gets overwhelming and the anxiety takes over, but you have to be in a high state of arousal. So I would say we spend most of our time between boredom and anxiety. And so if we're bored, that means that we have to challenge ourselves more. We have to find a purpose to, to do things on purpose, right? Yeah. And then if we're you know, really challenged, then we got to develop a skills, knowledge, and experience to do something. What happens when we feel too too challenged, we reduce our, our, our standards so that we're not. But what I'm saying is you don't reduce them. You just bring them down where they're manageable. And then you keep moving, increasing your challenges, but increasing your your wellness or your ability to to form better skills, knowledge, and experience. So you are always on this cusp. And what happens is you get go up and then you're in flow and then it becomes normalized. And then you mm. have to challenge yourself more. So it's like a step function. That's why it's so challenging for people because you have a flow experience. But then, and we know this from the from uh, neuroplasticity, that when once you groove a pattern, it stops firing. So you have to add complexity to it. You have to add a twist. So you, if you're playing football and you, you run, you run a certain uh, pass, you know, route, 
And then what you have to do is, so you run it and so you groove it, but then what you do is you wrinkle it, you either come back or you go forward or you add complexity, you add another counter to it. And so you keep Hmm. building it and keep making it more complex. Because complexity is something we need because in order for something to be a, a good flow experience, it has to have increasing complexity. It can't be just like you're on a conveyor belt and you're just putting parts on there. You have to be able to to, to have some complexity. So, okay, so now I get a part and I got to put a screw in or I got to look at it in a particular way. So it's something about engaging the mind, being out of a comfort zone. And this is how neuroplasticity works. You know, if you think about um, you have to have oxygen. So you have to do an aerobic activity. Whatever you're doing has to be done in increments. It has to be just below your, 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 your limit. So, so it's, doable or hard to do. So you have to struggle. Once again, that struggle mm. comes in. And the fourth thing is you have to bring interest. You got to be interested in it so that you motivate the inter- motivational circuits. It's really simple. Yeah. There's no plasticity in brain fitness. It was on channel two PBS. And it talks about those. Those are the four optimum tips for neuroplasticity, which means making nerve connections. And this is what it is. If we only use up to 10% of our capacity, we're talking about the, prefrontal cortex of the thinking brain that we're only using a small percentage of it, but we can use more of it by making these connections, by developing these skills or what they say, creating more myelin on the myelin sheath. The myelin is this substance that goes around the nerve cells. And when you add to it, it increases the intensity and the accuracy of the firing of the, of the, of the neurons. Hmm. Not that you needed to know all that, but I'm kind of. No, like, oh my God. I mean, I, you know, and I, I gotta, I gotta get you out of here. But uh, that, what you just said to me, so interesting. And I, I have a bunch of things kind of coming to the, the forefront here, um, examples of, of where I've kind of like lived through this. But I love the, the concept of neuroplasticity and that like complexity is something that um, actually needs to be added over yeah, time. That's right. That's right for continued growth. And I love the the example of a step function, but it's funny, I you know, the sport analogy makes perfect sense, but for whatever reason, it just made me reflect on, you know, I, so I, I work in tech, my day job is I'm, I'm in technology. Um, and there comes a point where eventually, like I understand well enough what the company does and what we do and our story and how we position it, that it becomes on autopilot. Yes, that's right. Um, and then once that happens, you'd think that you'd be like, oh, well, this is great. My job's so easy. But then it's like the boredom sets in. It's like, well, I can kind of do this and I don't even really need to focus because I've, I've done this a million times. Um, you know, and, and I, I was just like, oh man, like, I think, you know, these points in my career where I've kind of gotten uh bored or really feeling like there's a change they used to call it plateau yeah it's because that complexity element has kind of been taken away that's right um and i was just like oh wow like you know it's it's exactly what you described it's like that that path has been that groove has been made yes and i was i wasn't feeding it with any new complexity or information that was causing me to like grow and because of that you know i was missing a key component of being able to like be in that, you know, that flow state in that growth mode. Yes. But you can do something about it. You can add complexity or you can challenge yourself and then expand your capacity. That's what we're really mm. talking about. It's continuing to grow and expand, expand your yeah. capacity. Now, 
Malcolm Gladwell, I think it was in his book Outliers, he talks about meaningful work. Hmm. And the three things of meaningful work is autonomy, complexity, and seeing the results of your effort, your effort leading to uh, specific, um, you know, like fair exchange. You know, you do the effort, you get a reward for it. And it's not like reward effort in that way, but it's like, it's, it's like a recognition, acknowledgement of your accomplishment. So just think about that autonomy. So that means we need to organize our work, but we have full autonomy. A lot of times people have situations where they have the responsibility, but not the authority. So when we have autonomy, that means you are it's on you. Everything you do has a consequence. Now, yeah, we we have these relationships and we have we're, we're part of something bigger. But if we have autonomy and we say I am, and this is what we have with ourselves when we talk about being ourselves, we have autonomy. Then the complexity is how do we how do we continue to get out of our comfort zone? How do we continue to grow? That's why I talk about in my book. You got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because yeah. once the brain starts firing because it's been grooved, you got to create more connections. you got to create more uh, complexity. So if you're playing basketball and you know how to go right, then you got to work on going left. If you play soccer and you kick with your left foot, then you got to figure out how to kick your right foot, kick, learn how to you know, put a counter move in. So you can see mm -hmm. in your life if you're doing the same thing, and that's why cross-training is really important. you got to make the brain create more neural pathways. Or, you know, just not doing it because once because we get automated and we get on automatic pilot and we're just doing the things, yeah. even though what's happening requires us to make a slight shift. But because we're seeing things based on what we used, what we know, uh, we just become automated and we're just doing things without being really present. And the thing is just happening without us having the recognition or the, the space in between where we can look at right. it and say, is this. The same way. That's why when you read the book many times, because you're looking at it from a different perspective. And if you're not look, if you got an open mind instead of looking at it and looking for what you already know, rather than understanding that there's more. And can you have this open mindedness? Can you have this self honesty? Can you have this what we call a how? Can you have the honesty, open mindedness, and the willingness to look at things from a different perspective, or to see them with fresh eyes, or even more importantly to let whatever's in front of you speak to you in its own language without you interpreting it. And that's mm. when we do that. That's when we create that space where you allow the thing to speak to you. And then in that space is where you have the freedom and power to respond, but it slows down things. And that's when you're in a flow state is because you're allowing things to happen and not trying to make things happen. Mm. But you're making real life choices so that, so I'm getting into hold on. So the feedback loop, if it could be short, it's really helpful. And in that feedback loop, you're making these minute changes on the fly, and it's as if you're not even doing it. But when you train yourself, the unconscious knows how to do it. That's why I always say you gotta get out of your way. Or and excuse my language, but there's a there's a song when the 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 the, the, the polymers, they became the polyfunkadelics, and the title of the song is "Free Your Mind and Your Ass Will Follow." <laughs> so, so that's the thing so when we get out of the way you do all the training and then you get out of the way and then you allow the training to express itself right but it's oh. easier said than done but that's the key and so when you're in flow and we've all had flow experiences i live mm. in flow because this is what i study and teach yeah and i'm not but the thing is i'm not trying to be in flow i'm just i just know the conditions and i know that mindfulness is one 
component that makes you flow ready, but I call it the superpower. So five superpowers. So you have your own power plant and you can have access to higher power. Hmm. This has been such uh, an excellent and motivation, a motivating conversation. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it. And I'm sure I could keep you talking for another couple hours. Yeah, no, I know I'm, you I'm have in, commitments. I'm in this. So I'm, I'm feeling we, it. <laughs> no, th- I mean, this is so wonderful. And, and the thing that I love about this is, you know, this is kind of the perfect example of, um, you know, it, it, it's easy to say like, oh, yeah, he works with, uh, you know, professional basketball players. He works with elite athletes. It's like this is about life. Right. And it's like yeah. it, it completely translates, um, you know, and it's like, hey, you want to be a great basketball player? Like you got to set yourself up to be a great individual and, and vice versa. And this has just been such a fascinating conversation. Well, and, and for people who want to find out more about you, where can I do yeah, So they have a George dot com. Right. You can do that. And I have a YouTube channel where I do a weekly. Uh, I call it at home with George. Uh, so you can check my YouTube channel. Um Obviously, you can check out my book, uh, The Mindful Athlete Secrets of Pure Performance. And But go into the website, uh, you know, georgemumford.com. And, you know, there's a lot of things I have. A, I just did a beta test for a youth course, but I have a, a, the Mindful Athlete uh, online course for, for adults, which is breaking down the five superpowers and whatnot. But the main thing is just my uh, reach out to my website, or you can just email connect at jordanmuffet.com. Excellent. But this, well, George, this has been good, man. I got a lot out of this and I'm struggling because there's a lot going on. You know, uh, my significant other has COVID, just got diagnosed and I got to go get tested and stuff like that. But it's always amazing that when you when the adversity is there, the, the, the latent abilities express themselves. You know, it's so funny, Um, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but for whatever reason today, I woke up with a pounding headache, just Mm -hmm. feeling terrible. And like I said, this has been a super stressful week, just run down. Um, And, you know, like 30, 40 minutes into the conversation, I just had this really, I was like, well, I, all of that is gone for the time being. Like, I, you know, so immersed in the conversation that all of that had just kind of fallen away and i was like wow this is just yeah, a this pretty is, incredible yeah. example yeah well we'll go in another time but uh, uh william james the father of psychology he said that you know you get a second win when you when you push you know from sports but he said there could be as many as 13 second wins and i'm talking about mentally because i've gone mm. times when i haven't slept at all but once i get into the moment and into the active activity effort creates energy yeah. Which is kind of contrary to what we think. We said we don't have the energy, we don't make the effort. But if you make the effort, like do the thing and you will have the power. This is what Emerson creates said. energy. So I just yeah. wanted to put that on you. So that's what happened. Once you chose to focus on being present and being interested in something, the energy is going to be there. I don't care if you don't sleep for a week. You have access. That's what they call centropy. There's a energy node that we can connect to that has unlimited power. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. Like I said, so these conversations seem to find you when you need them. Yes, um, yes. That's what I'm saying. That's, you know, you, you, you said to the universe, this is what I need, and the universe will collude. Yeah. Oh. George, right, man, thank I you. I know I got to go. I could keep talking. Thank you right. so I'm much. just getting fired up, man. I'm just getting stuff. No, I, pre- <laughs> I likewise, likewise. I appreciate it. Well, you know, in the future, we'll have to get you back. Okay. Um, but thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate right. it. Welcome, and, and thank, all your li- thank you for having me on and your listeners love and blessings to everyone 
have an amazing life, a late, amazing day, amazing summer. Oh, thank you so much.